Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have three, sorry, it's a Q&A and I have three questions I want to dive into. But first, before I dive into that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you are sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. And this is outside of the training and nutrition protocol. So again, lifestyle, maybe it's mental side of things, uh, et cetera, there on that. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me on Instagram or there's information in the show notes about my coaching program and what that involves. So you can click that. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple of months. Again, the link to that is in the show notes. If you want to learn more about a body recomp, then I have my masterclass on body recomp, what it is, how to do that. And you can find the link to that in the show notes. Next. You can follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore, and that's where I'm most active on social media. So if you have any questions, you want your Q&A answered on here, you would send that over on Instagram. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's questions. My first question was, do you think exercise and sauna can help reduce blood pressure? And so I'm going to end up taking this kind of from the overall health perspective, but for blood pressure in just itself, I think if you don't exercise, then, and then you start exercising hundred percent exercise is going to lower blood pressure. I do think that that is going to have that impact. Now, obviously body weight's going to play a role in that as well too, but um, for sure, if you are not exercising, it's certainly going to help with that. Now, let's say you do train um, and maybe you neglect one form of training, right? So let's say, for example, you, you like to do a lot of weight training and you don't really do any cardio type training, right? For you, I think in, incorporating some of that is going to drop your, your blood pressure um, from doing that. Yes, exercise is very powerful in that way. I think a lot of times people think of exercise from this weight loss perspective and I think strictly for weight loss, exercise is helpful, but it should never be relied on as the only thing, right? However, where exercise really shines is an overall health perspective, right? There's so many health benefits of exercising, um, especially if you go from not doing anything to exercising. We need to look at it from that standpoint. And then even from a so overall health perspective, right? Exercise is helpful. But, but if we are going to talk a weight management standpoint, I think exercise is very powerful at weight maintenance. Again, if you're somebody that doesn't exercise at all, going from doing that to exercising is certainly going to have an impact on you probably see some decrease in weight initially. However, that is going to plateau if you only rely on exercise um, over time. Okay. Uh, However, exercise is still very helpful at maintaining your body weight. Is it bulletproof from seeing weight come up? No, but it, it definitely can help, especially if you don't, again, you're going to do that initial exercise. You'll probably see some weight drop if you were really sedentary. And then over time, you'll see it more likely to maintain your body weight, which is a win. I think a lot of times people overlook the importance of maintaining your body weight. And they think that if something doesn't elicit weight loss, it's somehow inherently bad, but that's not the case. We need to look at, okay, what's maintaining weight as well too, because people don't necessarily have it's maintenance of weight is 
a problem and it's more so people gain weight over time and we need to find ways to counteract that as well. Specifically with blood pressure to to go off of this, if you're already exercising a good amount and aren't neglecting one form of training, so you're not like never doing cardio or something like that, and you still have fairly high blood pressure, I would also look at lifestyle factors. Okay. So things like your nutrition, what's that? That's obviously going to play a big role at that point. Your stress management, what's that? Are you always constantly stressed? And then you have these kind of poor stress management techniques that just make things worse. What's your sleep? It's going to have a large impact on that as well too. And so is those are going to, these, the things I just mentioned, they're going to likely impact that more at this point, especially if you're already exercising a good amount. So it's really important to see what you're currently doing because that's going to play a big role in it. Again, if you're exercising a ton, it's like going from four to five days to six to seven, that's probably not what the problem is. Now, again, if you're not doing cardio or something like that and you're just weight training, maybe you add in a little bit of cardio, that could play a role there on it. But again, at that point, we need to look at our lifestyle, nutrition, and and things like that. And those are the things that I find that people end up struggling the most with. I'm going to come back to this thought, but as far as the song goes, I really don't know for sure. Again, I would imagine that all the things above are going to have a bigger impact. Maybe sauna has a very small uh, impact on it. But I think at the end of the day, exercise and then those lifestyle factors are going to be the biggest thing there with that. And so this kind of question got me thinking, okay, so if you aren't thrilled, thrilled with your body comp or overall health, and you already consistently say you get six to 10 K steps per day or more, if you already do at least one to two cardio sessions per week, and you lift weights at least three times per week, you've probably mostly maxed out like the benefits of, from a health and body comp perspective, right? Is there still a little bit more wiggle room here where if you go from three to four, that's going to be a little bit better from like a a muscle building standpoint, probably. But once you get past four, you get into five, six, seven, it's, I feel like at that point, we're talking the last 2% um, at that point. Same thing with steps. If you get 10 to 10, six to 10 K steps per day, it's like 12 to 15 isn't necessarily inherently better at that point. You might see a small increase in your energy expenditure. But again, at that point, we're talking maybe a little bit of you know, again, the last 2.5% there on it. Same thing with cardio. It's like you do one to two sessions a week, you've already reaped a ton of the benefits from it. And so I think at that point, if you're not happy with your body comp position and or overall health from here, you have to look at things like your lifestyle and nutrition and just patience. I think too many people, whether this be from a, again, from a body comp perspective, it's, oh, I just, you look at it, things aren't changing. Do I need to do more workouts? Do I need to increase my training intensity? It's probably not you're going to have to unfortunately do the things outside of the gym. And again, with nutrition, to me, the, the, those are like the tougher things to focus on versus like working out four, five, six more day or more days per week. And so I think at this point, I'm not saying that you have to, if you train four days per week, that's not better than three. But I think, again, we have to think about, okay, if you're doing those things I mentioned, at some point, there's going to be this kind of, if you keep doing more, it's not going to like exponentially continue to see more and more progress from that. You're going to have to work on your sleep. Probably you're going to have to work on your stress management. You're probably going to unfortunately have to dial in your nutrition. Again, this can be very challenging for people um, with that. So I think with this question, it, it all depends on what you're currently doing and, and what's going on there with that. So again, exercise, yes, can be super helpful for these things, but if you're already doing a lot of it, doing more probably isn't going to do a ton and you need to see what your kind of biggest limiting factors are. And this again, goes back to what I talk about with these like bottlenecks and with clients, we figure out what those are. And again, they're usually not the training or nutrition protocol. Sometimes it's nutrition, right? But it could be again, your lifestyle or even your, the, the mental side of things. So hopefully that was helpful there on that. Again, that was something that was just on my mind about, okay, we, at some point we need to 
focus on that that limiting factor. And this so the same thing can go with, hey, I'm already moving fifteen thousand steps per day, working out six days a week. What's going on? And it's are you focused on your nutrition? And usually that's uh, but it's, that's your biggest thing there with that. You, you need to focus on your nutrition at that point. So sometimes it's something that you don't necessarily want to do, but that comes back to just getting uncomfortable um, here with it. So uh, uh, side tangent, but I think it all goes together there with that. So the next question was any value to volume progression slash mesos build volume over six weeks, then deload. And so I'm assuming, uh, again, this person specifically talking about adding sets, because that's usually what people mean when they're talking about volume for muscle growth, right? They're talking about adding sets. And so if this is the case, and I'm going to take this from that standpoint that they're talking about sets specifically, because then you can build volume, like you are going to essentially need to build volume over time to get stronger and uh, progressively overload, right? You're going to have to do more reps at more weight. And again, that in turn is going to be more volume from that standpoint. But if we're specifically talking about sets, then yes, I do think this is a strategy that can work if done correctly. However, I think increasing volume via sets should only be on an as-need basis versus making that the goal focus of training. So what I mean by that is you should only really add sets if you absolutely need to add sets. If you don't need to add sets, I don't think you should just do it proactive or yeah, proactively where, hey, this week I'm going to go up this amount of sets uh, and then week three, I'm going to go up that amount. I don't think you should do it that way. I think it should be more of a reactive based on progressions and whatnot there with that. So in saying this, I do think it's better to start with lower volume than increase it over a training phase versus starting high volume and then having to decrease because performance is suffering or recovery is too low. So I think it's better to caution on fewer sets and then have to add them over time versus starting at a high amount and then a, a lower amount and then having to decrease to to make up for that there. And so what would be some signs that you need to add some sets? Again, maybe it's harder for you to add weight at that point. Maybe you're, again, you're seeing weight go up super quick as well too, right? And, and you're feeling pretty recovered. That could be a sign that, hey, maybe you want to ramp up volume just a little bit. You maybe add a set or two, right? So we want to make these smaller increases. And then also if you're doing like three sets of something and it's, you're seeing 12, 12, 12 each time, maybe that's a sign you can probably try to get one more uh, set in there potentially at, at some point, right? The, uh, understanding that you're recovered and, and things like that. So if you're going to do it, start on the lower end of sets and then make smaller increases versus like adding a ton of sets in at, at one time. So I wanted to go over a couple studies because the person that asked this kind of brought up, well, what about, was there any like research on like also deloading and how that can be helpful? So there's a couple of studies I want to bring up here. So first on the deload side of things, there was a study by Coleman et al. just recently. So gaining more from doing less, the effects of a one-week deload period during supervised resistant training on muscular adaptations. And so basically what they found is they trained for nine weeks, and then one group had a one week at the midpoint where they deload it, and the other group didn't. And what they found was results indicated similar between group increases in lower body muscle size, local endurance, and power. However, the group that went straight through um, actually had better strength uh, outcomes, right? In conclusion, our findings suggest that a one-week detraining period at the midpoint of a nine-week resistant training program appears to negatively influence measures of lower body muscle strength. We're talking about strength, but has no effect on lower body hypertrophy, power, or lo local muscular endurance. You could take this study two ways, right? You could take this as, oh, hey, you don't need to deload, so why would you do it? Or you could be like, hey, if you do take a deload, it's not going to hurt your hypertrophy or anything like that. Now it may hurt strength. Um, however, I think where that comes into play is strength is very skill specific. So if you take a week where you, and I'm pretty sure in this week of training, they 
in this deload week, they also didn't train at all. So that's gonna that's a big thing to to keep in mind. Usually in a deload, we're gonna go lower volume, maybe a little bit lower intensity, but we are still going to train. In this specific study, they didn't do anything. So what happened was they that was a whole week where they didn't do anything. And strength is very skill specific. A week of not doing a movement could alter your kind of numbers. And versus if you just continued to go, it would probably you maintain that skill and, and you'd be good to go. Whereas if you take that break in the middle, it may impact your skill. And that's probably why they saw a decrease in, in strength on there on that. So it makes sense from that standpoint. Well, it's probably a good idea to make sure you still do some sort of training. If you don't just realize your strength might go down for a little bit of time. I would say one other thing on this too, if, if you're like, oh, I don't need a deload is remember this was nine weeks. This wasn't 18 weeks. This wasn't 24 weeks. How is this going to look after 18 weeks there on that? So just keep that in mind. But really that shows that a deload it doesn't hurt you uh, essentially, but it also doesn't hurt you to just go straight through in nine weeks, not anything longer. Again, could be 12 weeks is, is that point. So just keep that in mind. So somebody, the person that asked this question asked about taking deloads specifically. So again, there's some research to show that uh, in a short period of time, don't do much, but again, we need we would need to see what this looks like on the, on a longer period of time. So again, uh, basically it's, you could take that two ways. You could take a deload, you're going to be fine, or you don't have to take one either. You can talk about that, or you can take that for what it's worth. There was a recent study that came out from Inez at all. I'm not super versed on this study, so just keep this in mind, but they basically what they did is they investigated the effect of progressively adding sets for the lower limb every two weeks versus performing a constant set volume and resistance trained males. And what they found is the groups that increased six sets over two weeks, they had higher muscle strength gains than four and keeping sets the same. Our results suggest that progressively adding four or six sets per week every two weeks elicited greater lower limb strength and resistance trained individuals over a 12 week training period. While our findings indicate a possible small benefit for higher volume conditions regarding hypertrophic adaptations in this, in this population, the limit, limited certainty of our findings warrants caution. So some sign that potentially adding volume can help. Now, again, this is a 12 week training pr- period. This isn't 18 weeks, 24 weeks, 50, like this is still relatively short. So that could impact things. And again, this is where now you could see where potentially adding some sets can be beneficial on certain muscle groups, right? So this, I talked about specialization cycles in the last Q and A that came out on 1023. So if you want to check that out, so this is something that kind of potentially warrants that where you have this period where you maybe ramp up volume on certain muscle groups, and that can be something that can increase your, um, so there is some research to show that. And actually, when this person asked about this, I didn't really realize that this was out there, something to think about. And then also we have this study from Scarpelli. And what they did is basically they had, let's see if I can find Okay. So they had, I think it was a, what was it? Okay. Yep. Yeah, so within subject. So they had 16 subjects, had one leg randomly assigned to 22 sets per week. And then they had Basically, they they did it where they added 20% volume off of what they were previously doing. Okay. And what they found, the individual the individualization protocol had a higher proportion of individuals with greater muscle hypertrophy than the typical error of the measurement. In conclusion, individualizing the weekly training volume of research protocols provides greater gains in muscle cross-sectional area than prescribing a group standard resistance training volume. What I took from this is adding off of what you currently are doing can be something that elicits some muscle growth in a short time frame. So I think both of these lend to it where I'm not saying that you need to increase your volume or whatnot, but I think there is some value in short term in the short term doing this uh, periodically with certain muscle groups. Um, and we know that deloading can help. So again, just to sum this up, 
adding sets is definitely a strategy that can work if done correctly, but it should only be on an as-needed basis. You shouldn't just add sets just because um, you need to make sure that that it's warranted. And um, you probably don't want to do it on every single muscle group all the time either. And again, we want to make sure these increases are anywhere from probably no more than 10 to 20% of what you're currently doing on that muscle group. So we want to go slower. So again, I think it's better to probably start a little bit on the lower end, add on an as-needed basis versus starting high and then having to take away there on that. So hopefully that makes sense. If you guys have any questions on that, let me know. So somebody asked, what's the highest you've pushed your weight in a build? Uh, I think you need to go higher. So this was years ago, back in my college days, this was like 2013, right? So we're talking 10 years ago. I was always around 140-ish pounds. I was even skinnier than that a year or two before when I wasn't really training very much. So I was probably 130-ish most of my high school life. And then started training a little bit more, probably pushed it to 140. Beginning of college was probably 140-ish. And then I remember I went down to Missouri State my junior year because I was at a community college. And that first year, I was all about like, all right, I'm, I, I just was ready to, to gain size, right? And I pushed my weight all the way up to 190, probably within a year time frame, maybe a little, and not a year time frame, probably a one to two year time frame. And I for sure put on a lot of body fat and overdid it, but it was helpful in terms of adding some muscle and really realizing. I do think it sped that aspect up of it. I just gained too much body fat in the process. If I were to redo it with the knowledge I have now, I would go at it at a much slower rate. However, I do think it was important to push my body weight then, right? push my body weight up. Some things I would change during that period of time too would be just better training. I just randomly went in there, just tried to lift as heavy as I could, did mostly upper body, neglected lower body, and there was no structure to it, right? I wasn't progressively overloading. So that would be one thing that I would change, get on a better program, probably train a little bit less, focus more on my sleep and not binge drinking. And then just food choice as well too. Definitely just was like, oh, I'm just going to eat anything and everything. And really, and that was a big reason why I, I push that weight um, there on that. So those would be some things I would change. And then obviously knowing what I know now too, I would still do some um, cardio in the process as well too. So like I said, I think that period of time was definitely helpful from really adding some muscle and, and size to my frame um, that I needed, right? Had I not pushed that body weight, I would have been trying to stay lean. I don't think I would have gained as much muscle. However, I literally just tried to increase my scale weight as much as I could. So like anytime I got on it, I was like, man, I hope I'm higher. I'd weigh myself after meals, just not a very healthy uh, relationship there with that. But again, the goal was to just push that body weight as high as I could. So that was the my my max there with that. And then let's fast forward to a couple years of learning more, doing a couple bodybuilding shows. Now we're at 2021. And so it, towards the end of it, I pushed my body weight to 180 in a building phase under a coach. And so it was in a much slower and methodical way. However, I still looking back, feel like that was probably a bit too much, probably a little too high. I probably didn't need to go that high. And so moving forward, I'll probably cap my building phases at around 170 ish pounds. As once I get past that, I just don't feel as great. And this was a con, this was who I was, I think I talked to Brand, yeah, Brandon to Cruz about this, where we were just talking about how at this point, I don't need to push my body to these like extreme moments to where then it starts to impact things outside the gym, in the gym, work, stuff like that. It's finding that sweet spot where it's like, hey, I can push myself. This is going to be helpful, but I also am not going to the extremes here with it because I don't need to and I don't want to. And so I think capping it around 170-ish is where I'm going to go moving forward as I did like that a lot better. The cut was a lot quicker, a lot easier on the way down from there. And I just never got to that point to where I just felt like digestion was off. I just felt like crap because I was eating so much. Some of those negative side effects that, that come from that. So I'm going to make sure that I do that. Now for reference, I'm 5'6 and around 155 pounds right now after my fat loss phase. So 
just to give you some reference there um, on that. But to answer your question, I don't need to go any higher um, than that. I think 170, maybe 172 or 73, no more than 175 is the the, the cap um, for me moving forward there on that. So hopefully that was helpful. Um, let me know if you have any uh, follow-ups to that. Um, that's it for this Q&A and I will chat with you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.